Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This week I spoke with an award-winning performer, ex-New Zealander, current international comedian, Trigvi Wakenshaw, who was nominated for the Barry Award this year at the Melbourne Comedy Festival and is currently touring with his show, The Magic Chicken. Um, and he is a very cool person. We had an interesting, if scattered, conversation at my favourite tea place in the whole world, which is in in Sydney. It's called Taka Tea, and I've been going there since I was about 16. It makes me very happy. So I hope you enjoy the vibe. Uh, if you want a little bit of podcast history, that's where I did my podcast with Scott Huntington, which was one of the earlier earlier episodes. Um worth going back and having a listen in listen if that's something that you want to do <laughs> in terms of personal stuff I will be in Melbourne from Saturday the 12th to Thursday the 17th of July doing various gigs look them up on alicecomedyfraser.com if you want to catch up or you know we can get a coffee or a tea if you like uh, and then I'll be back in Sydney for a week and then I'm going to be in Brisbane at Splendour in the Grass so if you're a music festivals person come along and see me do some spots at their comedy late night comedy show Uh, other than that I've been doing family things, stressful uh, retreating slightly into my shell in a way that may be not healthy or may be healthy I don't know if it's kind of the um a self-preservation kind of snail shell thing or if it's a collapsing as a human being thing uh, let, let me know how you deal with grinding continuous stress you probably can't hear this but I've got my fists clenched at the moment and I think that's probably not a good sign uh fun 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 all part of the human experience I guess Anyway, this is a conversation that I had with Trigby. It went from light-hearted to deep, and I like conversations that do that. Um, contact me on at alliterative if you have Twitter or alicerfraser at gmail.com if you have email. And buy Carrier Pigeon if you know where I live in a non-creepy way. Without further ado, here's the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This is really good tea, by the way. Thank you. Um, did you have a think about what you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, not really. Uh, um, so the other day we were talking about like spirituality and mm. yoga and Buddhism versus yoga. Well, not versus, but like... No, everything's a throwdown and a fight. To, to be compared to... Um, that was that was good, and then I had a funny. It was because it was good. It was a nice like flowing conversation. Like it was a good actual conversation. And then yesterday I was hanging out with Nikki Britton, and we mm-hmm. had this amazing time where we kind we covered so many topics, mm-hmm. but none of them continued. Like it was like a piece of like modern fast sports editing for highlights of like a thing. <laughs> So, like, the conversation would drift from, like, what are you eating these days to interesting places to, uh, I don't know, all sorts of, like, 
you know, it kept like leaping around really quickly. Yeah. Like we we both kept getting distracted by things that we were talking about. I like those kind of conversations yeah. too. But um Nikki Britton's good at that. She is um I have a friend in New Zealand called Kate who I keep catching up with. Um each time I go to New Zealand, it's always the same. This weird conversation that just goes boom, 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 boom. It's like a dance party of a conversation. You so should like, <laughs> freaking out. It's really good. High energy. Yeah. I wish I, like I were it. more like that sometimes. This tea's really good. May I mention that? It's amazing. So it's the best. For it our... smells a bit like grass. Uh, it smells like green. It's really green because yeah. it's very unprocessed. This is Taka Tea. It's my favorite place in the whole world yeah it's very um oh yeah it's like green I remember I've ordered like one of those super smoothies that's all made out of like spinach and Algae carrots and, and yeah and all this like green stuff and you're excited because it's a smoothie and then it comes and it tastes like plants you're like oh what's happening <laughs> this is okay because tea is meant to taste like plants yes it's weird when it's a smoothie you think it's going to taste like sugar. Do you believe in superfoods now that you're a vegan? I don't know. It's really interesting because I've... Oh, you're uh, not a vegan. You're trying to be vegan. Is that an ideological difference? I don't know. I think I'm vegan. But you just go, I'm vegan. It might change. Well, you said you'd been doing it for... Like two, two, three days now. Mm-hmm. So I can say, yeah, I can kind of go, I'm vegan. But then if... Yeah, I, I guess I can I can say I'm vegan. Well, I mean, I guess if you I am. start I'm going, going like, to the boom, I'm doing it. to the gym, it's an interesting yeah, one. Yeah. How long can you do something before you say you're doing it? Before you say you are it? Well, I got hypnotized into not smoking, and I was like, smoke every day, probably not a lot, a lot, but like regular. Like I had my little patterns of smoking mm. every day, and so I went to the hypnotist, and basically, the the sort of thing that he plants into your brain is the fact that you've made this decision to not smoke anymore. And he tells a story about, you know, the sort of three types of people that are looking, they go like, oh, I've got lung cancer, now I'm going to die. Mm. And they look at their cigarettes and one type of person puts this, goes like, oh, well, I'm going to die anyway, keep smoking. Mm. Other type of person goes ah oh, man I should I, I should probably quit smoking because it's probably the reason I've got cancer and bad for me yeah and and kind of has this like maybe so like hangs onto the cigarettes but goes I should probably stop mm. and then third type is the one that goes that's it throws the cigarettes in the bin and is stopped yeah and so the thing like the hypnotism y bit was just kind of planting the seed of having made the decision to stop you've and stopped. therefore you've yeah, stopped. Yeah. So I think I can say I'm vegan for that. For that thing. That's Reason. the decision yeah, you've made. I've made a decision now. I've to be decided vegan. to be vegan. Yeah. It's an interesting one because I've come across this in a couple of different forums. Uh, and thank you. The forums are like the way that I was brought up you are only what you do you can't be a good person doing bad things Mm -hmm. if you're doing bad things you are a bad person for the time that you're doing them yeah and those things are bad no matter what your motivation is 
whether you've got a good motivation or a bad motivation, the thing is still oh, okay. bad. Uh-huh. It's the it's almost Kantian in that like you know, your mother is in your house, the police come, they say they want to take her away because she committed a crime. Lying about the, the fact that she's there is still wrong, even if it's the right thing to do. Ah. That's the basis, theoretical uh-huh. basis. And so you would still you would do it, obviously, because it's the right thing to do and you would just never oh thank you. Um, you would never betray your mother mm-hmm. but you can't pretend that the thing is right. So that's that Kantian absolute ethics. Mm-hmm. But that means that it's very hard in that kind of school of thought to identify yourself by your role. So you might say I am a comedian mm-hmm. but unless you're being a comedian at the time then you're not you're just you're what you're just are you doing or, uh, yeah. or um, but I mean there's obviously that's a sliding scale people, some people say I am a writer even if they've never had anything published but as long as they do writing I would say they're a writer yeah but are you a vegan if you've done it for one day or two days or three days or five days or a year or if you eat a steak, oh, are you it. still a vegan, but a lapsed vegan? Or are you not a vegan while you're eating the steak? I mean, what's the... It's a, identity is an interesting thing. I want, I want to say I'm vegan. I'd say I'm vegan. Mm. And then if I eat a steak, then I'm not. Or even if I make the decision to, maybe I'm going to start eating steak. Once I've made the decision to, I will now eat steak, then, then I'm not no a vegan. Then you're no longer vegan. Until but the next decision, day when you remake the decision? Ah, oh, then I can become vegan again. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Like, there, com- there comes a point at which, from the outside, and even, like, you step outside yourself and you look at yourself doing this for a week. <laughs> like, every morning you wake up and say, I'm a vegan, and then by lunchtime, you're not a vegan. I'm a vegan, except at dinner yeah. time. I'm, I'm mostly a mornings kind of a vegan. <laughs> I, think, I think then you step outside and you look and you go, actually, I'm being a bit flaky yeah. about that. Yeah, but then you're just flaky. <laughs> I think you can still be... I think you can be a morning's vegan. <laughs> morning's vegan. I think so. I don't know. I'm new to being a vegan. Yeah, I yeah. haven't read the rule, but... <laughs> I feel like you can. You can say you're whatever you are. Like, you could be a morning's comedian. Mm. True. You I could be, that- like, really into fitness in the mornings. And then the rest of the day you're just eating marshmallows and, like, sitting on a couch... And smoking heaps of weed and hey. cigarettes, <laughs> and it, but like in your mornings, you are a sports a, hero, a gym bunny. Yeah, yeah. I think you can do that. I think you're allowed to say whatever you want. You're allowed. About of course, yourself. you're allowed to say whatever you want. But sometimes it's true, and sometimes it isn't. For example, I know comedians get annoyed when somebody who's an open micer calls themselves a comedian. There's that classic thing of somebody's done three open mics and then aspirationally they change their Facebook job status to comedian and then they yeah. st- put a fan page up and then they start putting out YouTube videos and all of these things. I don't I don't mind that. I think it's nice to aspire to things even if you can't yeah. fulfil them. As long as you're not outright but lying. Then, yeah. <laughs> about but then what's the point at which you can say you're a comedian? When you're just working as a comedian without working at a bar as well? Well that 
it's almost no one. Exactly. Um, so these these smug comedians that are looking at open mic comedians and going, you're not allowed to call yourself a comedian. Yeah, is it your first paid gig? Is it when you make more money from comedy than from another thing? Yeah. I would say, I mean, I tell people that I'm a full-time comedian, but a significant portion of my wage comes from writing articles. They're funny articles. <laughs> yeah, there's a... I feel it's still in the comedy world. Like but I, I also sometimes don't like I'm, calling myself a comedian. Ah. Because it seems... What do you call yourself? I struggle with this as well. <sighs> I'll, I'll go with writer. Oh, really? Because I write comedy. Sometimes I go with lawyer if it's official documentation, because I still technically mm. am. Um, and I don't want... Like when you're passing through customs. Yeah. Um, sometimes I do comedy writer. Mm-hmm. Depending on who you want to impress. Like, but but I, I think if I call myself a comedian, I'm putting myself up for comparison with people who are much better comedians than I will ever be. Yeah, oh, this is a thing I had recently. Um, so I went on holiday and was like travelling alone. So you meet a lot of people and the question that comes up is like the kind of... Uh, what so do you what do? You do? Yeah. And it was really weird. I, I noticed myself trying out a few different things. Like, and it's really hard when you say, like, yeah, I do kind of comedy shows... You're like, oh, cool, show, show me, do one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do it. But if you just go like, I'm an actor, then people, uh, like, they go like, oh, cool. Like, they don't expect you to perform. I think it's because you've got your own material that you're yeah. about to be, like, it's also because that you carry around with you. Don't, don't know exactly what being a comedian is. A lot of people don't know very much about comedy. It's become a little bit more popular recently, but they don't know exactly what it is. They might have only seen a little bit, unless they're specifically a comedy fan. Do you think? I don't know. It's because it's kind of a broad... It's such a broad thing. It's like people don't know what a lawyer is. Like, everyone knows what a lawyer is. I think everyone knows what a comedian is. But then you've got all these little weird specific things and you don't know the intricacies of what it means to be a lawyer or a doctor or a mm. comedian. Mm. But your comedy is not stand-up comedy. Your comedy is... Yeah. Kind of acting mime clown comedy. And none of those physical. None of those titles quite suit. I'm going to go ter- uh, shut that door. only when the doors open that you realise what a kind of a haven of peace this place is. Because mm. it's right on the main road, but it's so calm and peaceful. Yeah, it wasn't what I expected. I think I was expecting, like, a cool little trendy trendy tea rooms. No. Like a kind of um, red fern Surrey Hills kind of, like, hipsters hanging out. I think it's because I like hipsters. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, this is kind my of... My friends are probably hipsters. I'm probably like Very old school. Yeah, I really like Would it. you call yourself a hipster? Yep. But I think that makes me not a hipster, someone said once. Mm. I, think I, was, I think I'm a hipster. What, but I'm not what, very what? good at it. I'm not like top level... I'm not top level hipster. What, what defines a hipster to you? Just, just a, being a cool guy. Cool guy, not a mainstream guy. Uh huh. Um, Doing something that no one else does in the world. Really. Yeah. What you do is so. See, I like what you do because I I like I hate competition. 
I hate being categorised. I hate being in the same class as anyone else, which is why, you know, the whole female comedy thing gets my goat. Mm. I don't like being compared to other people. Mainly, probably, because of fear of failure. I just want to be in my own class and people compare me to me. I don't mind someone saying, oh, you're better than you were or you're worse than you were. But I don't like... Being around them. Uh, Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. And you've sort of done that in a very distinct way. I don't know anyone else who does what you do, the way you do it. Yeah. Do you, what about what about Dr. Brown? What about Phil Burgess? Because I feel like that's a comparison that I get. And also Boy With Tape On His Face are the two little comparisons of modern stuff. Mm. And then I also get Mr. Bean and John Cleese as yes. comparisons. Which are all like, they're sweet things to get compared to. Yeah, I mean I would say you're not, you are like those things, but you're not like any of them. They're good reference points to describe mm. what you do to somebody else. But a, the experience that an audience member would have in a Dr. Brown show is very different from the experience that they'd have in a your show. Yeah. And I'd say the boy, like, so for me, the boy with tape on his face is more joke oriented. Mm-hmm. There's less. Yeah, they're almost shorter jokes. They're like st- quite structured. There's a setup and there's a punchline. Mm-hmm. And then with Dr. Brown, it's more audience interactive. It's more about him feeling the audience and that kind of more traditional clowning thing where it's about your feeling and the wonder and that stuff, which sounds very pretentious on paper but can be fun. Not my favourite thing because I don't have a lot of naive wonder. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't like necessarily to be manipulated. Uh... And I don't like to see people embarrassing themselves. Mm. Which is a lot of what that clowning thing is. It's someone crossing the line into discomfort and then coming back. Yeah, right. The audience or the, the Yeah, the audience crosses into discomfort and then the performer brings them back. Mm-hmm. But I find it too tense. I, I can't ha- handle it. Like, I can't watch Mr Bean. I can't watch The Office. <laughs> really? Just, you don't like those awkward, I just, awkward guys? I, I just find myself going, no, don't do it. Oh, God, don't. Stop it. Stop it. Please don't, you know. And that's probably to do with the weird way I was brought up, but I don't like watching people fail or make mistakes. Hmm. I don't like seeing people hurt. Mm. Like, so I don't mind seeing people fail and make mistakes, but when it goes into the place where you're like, where you can see... Humiliation. Yeah. yeah. Like, so either those like videos of like skateboarding dudes who like fall over and break their teeth. Mm. Ugh, it's the worst. But like, yeah, like people on stage. I find it worse. I find it more uncomfortable watching actors that do that like method acting mm. to the point where they're genuinely angry or like crying out of their own mm. sadness. Like when you can see it's their sadness. You prefer things that are more artificial. That's interesting. Yeah, I like pretending. You like the acting part of acting. Yeah. Because that's kind of a skill rather than just a pathology. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Yeah, it's more fun. It's because it's beautiful to watch someone pretending to be. And pretending well. Yeah. Well, this is to be in pain. Because I find, like, I know Daniel Day Lewis does like 
method, like he stays in character for a long time. Yeah, but he, I like uh, watching him. I never get. I always feel like he's on this like super pretending level. Yeah. As opposed to Christian Bale, who I feel feels all the stuff that he's going through. Yeah. And it, uh, yeah. Because they're like they're both great. But it, I hate watching Christian Bale. Maybe that's why you don't like stand up that much. Because it's pretend. It, because it's, it's not pretending. Ah, oh, yeah, but uh, yeah, okay. Sort of. It's but not pretending, but it's not genuine either. Often. True. And to, I don't like that. To bring it back to your um, style of stuff. Mm. So we compared you to the boy with tape on his face, who's more jokey, and the um, Doc Brown, who's more clowny. Yeah, and a little bit naughty, like he's he's yeah, yeah. trying to push buttons. And yeah, manipulate. Be mean to people. And a you, little bit, you it's interesting because when I've seen you, which is not a lot, I've seen you more do short spots, and I've only seen one yeah. of your shows. Um, but. Uh, you will do a setup and an escalation, but not necessarily a punchline. You sort of you you make something funny and funnier and funnier and funnier, but then you don't close it down. You just transition into something else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's because I'm really bad at endings. the classic thing though with endings with sketch comedy that it's easy to make a joke but it's very hard to find a punchline that's good enough yeah I'm terrible at punchlines well because by necessity punchline has to almost flip off what you've created yeah it has to either condense what you've created into a, a single line or it has to switch over what you've done and reveal it for a lie or hypocrisy or you know make it make it small or make it funny undermine what you've done yeah it doesn't always or they're, to, or they're really hard because you want yeah because I like it's really hard to find something that tops because it also needs to go like super top yeah like it was really hard I always find it like in terms of like making a, a bigger show or a bigger or writing something. The mm. like endings are so difficult to do. See, I I like playing with endings. Yeah. Um, this sauce. is the last serving, and we, that's the soy sauce. We eat the tea leaves with the soy sauce. Whoa. What yeah. a great thing. It's an amazing place. Takati in Double Bay, if anyone is in Sydney, tell them Alice Fraser sent you and they'll treat you special extra good. Yeah. <laughs> I really have been coming here since I was 15 or 16. What if a, a great place. place could be said to be a spirit animal, this is my spirit animal. Cool. Like yeah. What a great place to hang out. Mm. I don't have a place like that. It's sort of like what um, hipster bars want to be, which is mm. to say, authentic. This one, I feel like it's one of those places that might be 
surprising that it's managed to be around since you were 16. Yeah. Well, it's their retirement business, their fun business. They like tea and mm. they want to share it with people. Oh, cool. Um, so, what were we talking about? Oh, being. Can you say that you are something if you're just doing it? Or how long do you have to be doing something before you can say that's what you are? Like, for example, we have different standards for a lot of them, like marriage. The moment you start doing it, you are it, until you decide not to be it, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. You don't say, well, I'm trying mm -hmm. to be married after your first day of marriage. You're married. Yeah. For, you know. Because you've, uh, you've had a ceremony to, yeah. to go through. You've gone through a gate. That said, there are people who've been together long enough that you could say that they're married. And in fact, the law starts to call them married. De facto's or common law. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Does it call them married? Uh, it used to be co like common law married if you were cohabiting. Oh. And now there's a certain. Uh, now you become de facto if you've been living together for a year, which isn't a long time, yeah. actually, to be getting all these rights and privileges over the other person. But does it does it cut down to a shorter time if you've got had a kid together? No, really? I don't think so. No. You feel like that would be a thing that meant yeah. that you were more together than if you'd simply been living together for a year. No, but it doesn't tie you to the other person. It ties you to the kid. Like, and parenting is one of those things where you're not a parent and then you are a parent and you can't mm. really be less a parent. I don't think you can disclaim parenthood. Even if you adopt your kid out, you're still a mother. Yeah, right. You can't say you're not a mother. You can say you've been a mother. Could you? No. I don't know. I was a mother. Because your the kid, kid shows up. Yeah, the, I was a mother. You know, your kid shows up 18 years later on your doorstep and you're her mother. You're uh, not yeah. used to be her mother. You're her birth mother, maybe. Uh, yeah. And disown someone. But I think that's interesting. Hmm. What are the other... Okay. Doctor. You are or are not a doctor. Unless you're a PhD. <laughs> no, because I... Because there are people that w will have, like, doctorates. Mm. But not be practising. That's true. Are they still a doctor? Maybe. If they walk I don't know what the professional like stand... Smith. I mean, I, I know if you don't keep up your um, practising certificate for law, you're not a lawyer anymore. You're just qualified as a lawyer. Do you get cool um, letters after you, if you're a lawyer? Uh, I think so, yeah. It depends. I mean, cool letters are whether you choose to use them or not. I think you can do Esquire if you really want to be pretentious. Is that a lawyer term? Yeah, Esquire. Q, yeah. Ah, what does it mean? Esquire? Yeah, I've never known. <sighs> I, I always thought it was like... Uh, it was a like dirty magazine. I, no, yeah, it was a dirty magazine, but also like I'm regional Thorpesbury the third. Like I thought it was one of them, like a little the third or a place of a. But um, is it a job? Is it a lawyer thing? Uh, it's a title. I don't have any uh, funds on my phone, so maybe you should look it up on your phone. All right. What is an esquire? What is an esquire? 
um, but I can do mfill in brackets cantab after my name if I really want to. Infill. Mfill, Master of Philosophy. Oh. Cantab, meaning from Cambridge, because Cambridge and Oxford have extra letters to show how fat. <laughs> yeah, cool. That's good. Um, you wouldn't want to be mingling with someone with a lesser education. Yeah, exactly. How long did that take you, by the way? Uh, two years. What? To get a Master's of Philosophy? Uh, well, no, in English. Yeah. Master's degree, yeah. Oh. Uh, but you were already quite qualified. At that point I had my BA, and then I did my Master's, and then I finished my LLB. Do you actually have a lot? You need to do this in your next show. Just like, you should start promoting yourself as <laughs> Alice Fraser, LLB, MPJ, MP3.com. <laughs> like, put all, put all your like, letters behind your name. I reckon it would be great. I, I have a weird reverse snobbery about it, though. Like, I'm proud of it, but I'm also ashamed to be proud of it. Oh, uh, yeah, you should just go for it. I just... But like I don't want people to think that I'm, think that I'm better than I am because I'm not that good. <laughs> yeah, I used to think this, and then, but I think it's better just to say that you're amazing. And then disappoint everyone. Then, <laughs> that's yeah. what I fear, though. I'd much think, rather be someone who people underestimated. I think that's a better way to go. Like, if you you know my email address, it's like Trigvi is the best. Really? That's but, awesome. Yeah, and I've had it since I was like fifteen. Yeah. And and it's just a funny joke. Mm. But it's stuck with me. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's pretty good. And it's the only way I have to deal with things. Like so when I got the Barry nomination thing, it was really I didn't know how to deal with it. Like people coming up going like, Oh my god, congratulations and like I was really like in a funny place. I didn't I couldn't understand why. They're like, Oh my god, your shoe's so great I'm like, Oh thanks. Thanks. <laughs> and just had this, like, I got really nervous about it. Yeah. And then, I think, right, like, towards the end, like, awards day or the ah, day so before. so it's in the US that you can use Esquire. Oh, really? Sorry, I didn't get It's it. originally the feudal rank below knight. It's broadened in the 16th century to a general title of courtesy or respect for the educated class, especially later in the US for lawyers. So I don't think I can use Esquire. Which is, uh... Sad. That is sad. I, I never have, so at least I don't feel like I've. How many letters would you have? I want. I Me. really want you to start. I want your next show to be. How many letters do Ella, I have? Alice Fraser. How many letters do you have other than Moosehead? <laughs> I got. I got nothing. You got. What, what would the laurels be that you put on your poster? Uh, I put. You know, people put the little things in. Yeah. Um, I think like Barry Nom Total Theatre Award Nom 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 The awards I've won are from New Zealand Hmm And so it's kind of It's funny to put them on Because no one's heard of They mean so little Yeah but if they're in a laurel wreath People assume that they're They're meaningful Yeah Yeah you can put anything in uh, I don't know. It's great having the, those things. It is. I, think, I feel like the Fred Award is the biggest award I've actually won. Which is? But, but Barry maybe 
the, the nomination for the Barry is like maybe higher than that mm. almost so the Fred Awards are the New Zealand Comedy Award mm. it's the New Zealand comedy version of the Barry mm. more or less there's a couple of like little technicalities oh that's it because it's local like internationals can't win the Fred Award oh but internationals can win the Barry Award yeah um so, Do we have a version of that in Australia where you only locals can win? I don't think so. We should. But you've... Yeah, yeah, should you? Mm. The Australian... Best Australian comedian. And then mm. best comedian of the festival. Mm. That's a great... Yeah, you should. Call it the Alice Fraser Award. <laughs> LLB. Yeah, if I die in a car EJD. crash, someone should start that. Do you ever wonder? I always feel strange because, like, there are certain people who get awards named after them. Remember certain people who just die and don't get awards named after yeah. them? Uh, dying's an interesting thing to talk about. Mm. Because, okay, so my, my thing, like, uh, maybe a couple of months ago, I was hanging out with a friend who had just come back from a astrology course with some, like, guru like astrologer to the stars um uh, like course in Italy that learnt how to be a great astrologer mm. and so and then like we just met up for a coffee and she went hey when and where and stuff were you uh like where, where's your date and time and place of birth and mm-hmm. then gave me like a little reading mm-hmm. do you believe in that? N- no but the weird thing is okay so there was like stuff and it was great and it was more or less like kind of on the money but in a sort of horoscopes it's quite general general yeah oh but you're the- you're a person who's suffered and would like life to be better yeah you're a very generous person you have strong feelings but you're not always comfortable <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. It was, a, it was a lot of that. And then some other things, like going like, oh, in the past life, I think you were this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, thanks. Uh, what, what did she think you were in a past life? In a past life, she thought I was perhaps the sex slave. <laughs> she kept, uh, except awful. then she kept, like, sexing up all of the things that I was involved in. Are you sure this was an astrology reading? I think, not just an elaborate pickup attempt? I'm not sure. It could have been both. <laughs> if it was a pickup attempt, it didn't. But, uh. Yeah, I was, I was some sort of sex slave. My past life thing was sex slave. Okay, your or, house of Venus. <laughs> uh oh. Mm. Yeah. Um. It's also awful. It's an awful and traumatic thing to say that somebody was. Yeah, it was it was possibly sex slave. It was someone who was n- unable to talk for some reason. Like, was perhaps a slave, some sort of slave type person, couldn't say an important thing they needed to. Died of regretting that or <laughs> something like that. I don't know. Anyway, but and then the thing that. So, do you have anything to say to me? <laughs> Is this the? conversation she was having with you was she trying to get you to admit to loving her or this sounds really manipulative and weird maybe I'll let you finish your story (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) I don't know it was it was weird having 
someone do start the signs is really strange though. Oh yeah, so my story is because oh that's right, because we were talking about death. Mm-hmm. We weren't, but I brought it up. Yes. Um I like talking about death. I was brought up Buddhist. Uh yeah. Do you reincarnate? Not technically, no. Right. Sort of, vaguely. Like think of like a an energy or like a stream of energy. Right. That continues and transfers rather than just but disappears no into But there's sense of yeah, personhood attached to it. Right. Just continuity. Great. Hmm. Keep chatting. Um so so the thing that was really that struck me was I decided to ask, oh, so when am I going to die? She's like, I can't tell you when. But then said, I will die in doing something that I love. And it freaked me out because I never imagined anything to do with like me dying in yeah. any other way than like being incredibly old in one night I'm asleep and then I simply don't wake up. Maybe you love sleeping in old age. <laughs> oh yeah, that's possible. But it did start me thinking about like uh, he died d- doing dying, what he loved having something? a massive heart attack. I never thought about <laughs> dying doing something. Yeah, that's traumatic. But like when you're old maybe like what you love is gardening or something. Maybe, but what if I'm not old? And then, like, he so I was on holiday and I'd, like, climb a mountain. And I'm like, I fucking love climbing mountains. Oh, and no. I was like, oh, my God, this might be the thing that kills so now me. You have to think now every new activity that I love, I'm like, damn it, maybe this is the thing that kills me. You know, the solution is just to stop loving anything. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then live forever. Live forever. I also That's find what... love in six years, I think. My sort of one true love somehow. Mm. Six years. Well, just don't. Part of me thinks it might be in six years I have a child. Oh. But I'm suspicious because I don't think I'll ever love a child. <laughs> well, hopefully not in a sexy way, at least. Never in a sexy way. Oh dear. This is. Yeah. He died doing what he loved, choking yeah. on his own vomit. I hope it's something really awesome. But I had once had a conversation with a friend around uh, how would you want to it was like would you rather and it was would you rather oh, it's it sort of how how would you rather die and I go out peacefully mm. really calmly in your sleep or in very oh yeah long and drawn out but quite peaceful and calm mm. or very quickly but incredibly painfully and I think that one that you want incredibly painful. I think I go there. I think it would be something that I'd never experienced in my life, and so I may as well. In that brief flash of time before death, like an incredibly painful, like exploding to death, or <laughs> um, having someone club you to death. Yeah, I feel like you'd want to do it faster than like burning. Burning would be horrible. Apparently, drowning is very peaceful. Yeah, but how do you know? No one ever sees anyone drown. But lots of people. Um, like free diving and stuff mm. you tend to they black out all the yeah. time yeah and you have this reflex where you don't really where your body doesn't let you breathe in water I don't know swallow water mm. no, I don't know. but you you basically black out yeah in, in blacking out if you then die after that it's nothing yeah I had a friend die recently from that apparently blacking out is very calm yeah you simply are aware and then you aren't it's not a bad way to go. I mean, uh, it's an interesting thing because of my mum having been dying since forever. Mm. Um, well, 
I guess she's survived long enough with this terminal illness that she's actually had a life. So it's almost like it's not a terminal illness, even though it is. MS, or it can be, or it doesn't need to be, but it can be. So some people die within five years or even quicker after being diagnosed, and some people live with very few symptoms, and other people, like my mum, who's sort of slowly disintegrating over time. And it's a, a really interesting thing because you keep thinking that you she's lost or part of her that was really important has died and that keeps happening like part of her you know for she was a musician and 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 an intellect and she spoke all these languages and she was all of these things that were part of her and then you know memory and language and various other parts of her have gone and come back or got you know have variously and then you know your your physical integrity your ability to eat and excrete those are things now that she needs to be helped with so they're not hers anymore and you think all of these bits of a person being cut off and you sort of mourn each piece individually but she's still her and you don't feel like she's less her mm. does that make sense yeah. even as you, if you lost a leg you wouldn't feel like you'd feel less lessened but you wouldn't feel less you mm. does that make sense this is too depressing for a podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yep that makes sense yeah you're always changing mm. and you're still you mm. it's weird or I not. always think that like I'd, I could just go I'd be very happy to kind of just wandering off and doing anything like I don't I like the idea that I could just become something quite different. I just go like, oh, I really want to be a doctor now. And go off and do do that and change. And it'd still be me. I don't know where this is going. In six years you'll find the love of your life which is falling off a cliff. <laughs> is that... <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. As you're love. falling off a cliff you're like, oh my god, this is the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, this is awesome, I love this. <clears throat> Death. It all happens at the same time. And that's the very painful, very quick. The prophecy, prophecy comes true. Wouldn't it be great? You should do. You should do a podcast where you have your like astrology read. I should. I feel I'm too cynical for it, though. Yeah, I think that's that would be great. But I you, think, if you played cynic, I think it's like hypnotists, though. If you don't believe it, I don't think it works. Yeah, that's true. And part of them, like, I feel so sorry no, but for I, didn't I feel like I can't it, be sceptical towards those people because it would hurt their feelings because they've dedicated their whole life to this thing. That's not true. Yeah, but even if, even, like, because I don't believe it. I don't believe this stuff. But just the fact I've had these little seeds planted. Yeah. Know, they make me feel strange. Like, you now think about these things. Going, but, but that's like... All of life is like that. When you're a kid, like, somebody says you're good at this and that shapes the way you think about yourself for the rest of your life. Yeah. Or, you know, you're not good at this. Like, I had it planted in my head quite early that I wasn't good at maths. And I haven't been. And I don't try to be because... Yeah, because someone said you weren't. Because I'm not. 
you know that's mm. whereas maths isn't something I don't I don't think you can be good at maths or bad at maths you just do maths or you don't do maths you can, might be able to do it faster or not faster but it's not something that unless you're getting into the abstract theoretical levels you either get it right or you get it wrong and mm. getting it right is just a matter of doing all the steps yeah yeah and kind of understanding what I don't know like formulas yeah yeah you're just learning a bunch of so I don't know you don't understand <laughs> that that's the face know, of a man that doesn't understand that I don't know anything about that um, so uh, how long are you in Sydney for because this will go out tonight well until Monday I fly to London okay so for our we have listeners in London too <laughs> so tell them what you're doing oh. and where they can find you so the reason I'm in Sydney is because I'm doing a show called The Magic Chicken, mm-hmm. which is a family show, and we do it twice a day at 11.30, no, at 11, mm-hmm. and 1.30, mm-hmm. uh, until Sunday. And when you say a family show, you mean a kid's show? It's kind of, no, it's a family show. It is, it is a kid's show, like, lots of people bring their kids, but we always made it with the intention of it being... Like, something that we'd want to watch. Yeah. And then... Oh, yeah, because we made it, like, years ago. We made it about nine years ago. Mm. And it was a show that we made going... That we'll, we'll always just make a show that we want to watch. Mm. But then we wanted a show that we could market to kids because we wanted to get, get rich. get dollar. Yeah, we wanted to get rich after kids making the show. Kids have a lot of disposable income, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it's weird because it's such an expensive show to tour around, like for the low budget that it is. Yeah. Like there's eight people in the cast. There's this huge amount of set and props and stuff. Huh. So then you're so taking it to London. <clears throat> so is it the Sydney? No, Opera no, no. House? I'm taking me to London. Oh. We're doing Sydney Opera House at the moment. I'm back in I think September or October and do Parramatta, Riverside, and then. Perth. Is there a website that people can go to for you, or do you tweet, or do you... I am trigvwakenshaw.com Trigvy spelled? T-R-Y-G-V-E As you do? Yeah, of course. I'll and put it in the program notes. Cool. Where and the, com- the company from? with um, Magic Chicken is called Theatre Beating. Mm. The name is Norwegian, but mispronounced Norwegian. Ah, what should it be? Trigve. Trugva, yeah. And I went to Norway in January, and everyone said my name correctly, but Which, then it wasn't quite my name. Yeah. It made me feel That's another thing. We should talk about this another time. We should do another podcast, because I want to talk about names. Because mm. I don't think of myself as my name. Really? Yeah. I am I think I'm quite strongly a Trigvi Wakenshaw. But this is the thing. When you're with somebody, like in a romantic way, if you're with someone for a long period of time, do they call you Trigvi? I don't know. Yeah, sometimes, but then it's weird to hear it. Exactly. I think that it's more important who you are to the people around you than. Mm. I don't see this. I'd agree. I'd say it's more important. My weirdness about identity, for example, when you're with somebody who loves you, then they say sweetheart, and then you know who you are to them. So I don't mind people who just call one another friend. Hey, hey there, friend. friend. Hey, buddy. Well, that always sounds a little menacing. Hello, friend. Hey there, friend. Yeah, no, maybe I'm maybe I'm <laughs> wrong about that. I don't know if I agree with myself now that I say that out loud. All right. Um, 
Uh, thank you for coming. We should do this again.